0: Welcome to our last episode in this five part summer series of Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about the Word of God and the various ways it applies to our lives. This summer, we have been talking about the book Identity Theft and what it means to reclaim the truth of who we are in Christ. Joining Aaron and me today to talk about the final chapters, chapters 9 and 10, and what it means that in Christ we are created for worship and citizenship in heaven are Asher Allen and Debbie Fredenberg. All right, well, Asher and Debbie, you two have a sweet friendship. Tell us a little bit about how the two of y'all got to know one another.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually met Debbie when we were in college. We went down to Daytona Beach for a summer, just Christian thing called uh, Beach Project. And so I remember distinctly going to this um, place where we were playing volleyball, and uh, there was this big thing that summer. I don't know where it came from, but the guys were obsessed with running down the beach and then jumping when your back was turned and like bumping you from behind. (laughs) (laughs) And I distinctly remember the first time I met Debbie, this tall redheaded guy ran up and knocked her over into the (laughs) sand, yelling (laughs) Iceman. And (laughs) and I was like, Oh my gosh that poor girl. And then Debbie just got up laughing and I was like <laughs> what is going on? So I you know I felt this need to like go over and be like what are you doing knocking a girl over like that face down? <laughs> <laughs> but you know she thought it was so funny so and yeah that's kind of where our friendship started you know she's gonna be a nice person she's gonna be put up with a lot so uh, exactly yeah, she depends. just laughed it off
2: <laughs> i was a hundred percent the target of that iceman challenge during yes. that beach project yes so i just got used to it
0: oh uh, well that cracks me up y'all um go a little further introduce yourselves Formally, tell our listeners a little bit about your family, your jobs, your hobbies, etc. Give us a little taste for who you are. So um, I'm Asher Allen and
1: I grew up in Atlanta. I am a middle child, um, I an older sister, younger brother. And let's see, I came to Augusta. This is my second time living here. So I came for the first time when I was on staff with Campus Outreach And then left for a bit and then came back because a lot of my college friends had moved here. But um, the main reason was really just first pres. I loved this church and I wanted that kind of community. So I moved back and I've had, you know, uh, an interesting just job situation. I've had lots of changes. um, But that's kind of one thing about me. I really like to just experience new things and try new things so that's kind of where I'm at um I'm a homeowner and a dog owner and I love my little dog um he's a German short-haired pointer and his Thank name you. is Samuel oh, that's great <laughs> he is very funny and I like to call him like tippy toe because when he, when I feed him or when he gets excited and goes to the door he kind of taps his toes so um yeah how old is he Uh, I don't actually know because I got him from a German Shorthaired Rescue. So I say he's about four, but I think he might be a little bit older because anybody that meets him knows he is a very patient, gentle, mature dog. Mm. So that's another just sweet thing about him that I love. He's kind of chill, but he likes to go on long walks. So that's that's a hobby of mine. I love to walk around. My name is Debbie
2: Fredenberg. I have been in Augusta for almost 10 years. I am a high school teacher. I teach math, mainly Algebra 1 and Geometry. I enjoy as hobbies, I do uh, like to work out and I also like to paint and do embroidery. I also enjoy just being outdoors. But yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast. I, it's like a lifetime goal of mine to be on one so i'm excited about that dreams making that (laughs) is
0: fine and you got a lot of fun different interests
2: i do have a lot of different interests yeah so my family doesn't live here they live in atlanta too um but i didn't grow up in atlanta i grew up actually as a military brat so Mm -hmm. we moved around a lot but i um like just to be involved in a lot of different
1: things yeah, that's awesome. Debbie actually got me introduced to Pure Bar. So ah. we've been going and doing that, which is really fun. How
0: yeah. many times a week do y'all do that?
1: Uh, she's got like an unlimited yeah. <laughs> membership. I just do twice a week. <laughs> I'm easing mm-hmm. into it.
2: Yeah, I do about five to six times a week.
1: Do you really? Uh-huh. Yeah, she's oh. like, they have these bars for how many times you go. And she's uh-huh. like signed one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, over 100.
2: I'm getting close to 200. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did
3: you grow up doing ballet? or?
2: No, actually not. I grew up doing probably any, I mean, I did ballet when I was, like, little, but I did any sport but that, like, soccer, uh, you know, lacrosse, track, basketball, but I didn't do any kind of, like, artsy dance growing up. That's
0: cool. It's fun to discover something new Mm -hmm. as you continue on in life. All right, well, we're talking about things we like, so this is a good segue into our First Things First question, uh, which is, if someone gave you the rights to a prominent billboard, what is the first product you would advertise? This is hilarious. Um, Coffee, duh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, that is, like, the first thing that popped into my head because that is, like, one passion, obsession, I guess, in my life. Um, I absolutely love coffee. And I think um, just there's so many things I love about it but um also the fact that it gathers people um it builds community you know you think about like when you're stressed and you want to like meet with a friend what do you do you go for a cup of coffee or if you're studying and you're you know needing to wake up and focus coffee so Mm -hmm. I just love coffee and that's what I would do um and just my shameless plug is also I'm opening a business that will be a coffee shop. So oh, well, there you um, go. Called that's Cafe well. Dulce. Yeah. And uh, so that's exactly what I would put on there
0: <laughs> is our business. Well, that's perfect. That's perfect. You got a little unintended promo right exactly. there. <laughs> what about you, Debbie?
2: I also would do coffee as well. (laughs) Um, So I originally was a marketing major in college. So I have an undergrad in business. Um, So I really thought through what my billboard would say. And I thought to do like a friend's nod, like (laughs) we'll be there for you and have these like coffee cups that are personalities of the different you know (laughs) characters on friends like ross rachel and monica and chandler and phoebe and all them and joey of course we can't forget by him (laughs) Uh, and then it says so this is on the billboard we'll be there for you the coffee cups dancing and then it will say pivot your way to the next exit (laughs) (laughs) pivot (laughs) pivot just like the show UTE, that is very well
0: thought out. It's hilarious. Uh, Erin, I'm doubting your ability to top that.
3: I definitely did not top that. (laughs) (laughs) I went for the low-hanging fruit. Um, I also love coffee, so I'm not opposed to those ideas. I think those are great. I was definitely thinking about the road trips that we're doing this summer and driving to the Outer Banks and playing endless games of the alphabet game. And every Ah. parent knows the Q, the X, the Z, all are hard letters to find. Mm -hmm. I'm putting billboards all the way to your favorite beach destination with all the hard to find letters (laughs) of the alphabet game. You're welcome. (laughs) To all the six-year-olds out there, you're welcome. (laughs) To all the moms and dads, you're welcome.
0: That's awesome. That's perfect. Oh, I, I can't top or match any of that, actually. In fact, I just was thinking, what is one of my favorite products? And it's so well, kind of lame, older lady-ish, is that one of my (laughs) My favorite current items in my kitchen, you would never put this on a billboard, but oh well, is parchment paper yes, I love but Mm. parchment paper that you don't have to rip off it's cut to fit your sheets so I have Mm -hmm. a drawer full of parchment pre-cut parchment paper amazing it is amazing I can see you on the billboard holding the parchment paper I'll dress up like June Cleaver (laughs) right with like the the apron and the bouffant hair and I'll hold my parchment paper sheet and I'll say no mess no stress yes there you go there you go no mess no stress No mess, no stress Washington
3: yeah. Road. I could see it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that might not fly. But, oh. <laughs> but it, it, the whole point of billboards, of course, is that we want to put on display something that we really appreciate, something that means something to us. And today, when as we move into talking about chapter nine, we're talking about worship. What is it that is on display that we look at and think that is really something And so our chapter, it's written by Lindsay Carlson, and the title is Worshipper, that we're created. The whole idea, of course, of this book is that in Christ, we have a new identity, and we're worshipers, and Mm -hmm. it means we're shining brightly in the darkness. And the verse that's attached to this is in Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. Mm -hmm. And that's in Luke chapter four, verse eight. It seems like a simple command, right? Worship the Lord and him only shall you serve. But it would be if it weren't for the fact that our sinful hearts despise that command and foolishly make idols of anything and everything instead of worshiping the living God. So Lindsay says marriage, parenting, careers, hobbies, spiritual gifts. We're tempted to use them all for our own good and gain. Make much of me is the battle cry of our flesh. The sin nature seductively sways us to build a name for ourselves. This is not who we were created to be. Self-worshipper is not our true self. Elevating ourselves and our God-given gifts and abilities for selfish gain is not only sinful idolatry, it's false advertisement to a watching world. You are not the glorious one worthy of all praise and honor. Mm. And I read that and I thought, wow, I need to hear that. Like it's false advertising. I am not the one that is drawing your attention. I want to take your attention, take my attention to the living God instead. Mm. So in what ways does the culture around you all present you with increasing opportunities to engage in self-worship? And can you talk about how all these these opportunities ultimately prove to be exhausting?
3: I think just even hearing you say how we love to talk about ourselves, basically, I mean, that's the tale as old as time. That's always been the case, that when we're in conversation, it's easy to talk about the narrative that's driving our lives, and it's all about me and all about what I've got going on in my life. But I think the temptation now with social media and the internet is just so easy to advertise all the awesome things or even... Kind of trying to, I think you see people t- take it on the other end where they're talking about all the hard things, maybe glorifying the hardness of their lives. And so either way, it's like my newsfeed. even with something called my newsfeed, obviously mm. it is all about me. So it's just so tempting. I think that obviously people are out there using those tools to bring more awareness to the gospel of Jesus. But it's so tempting to just blast the world with how awesome we are. Mm-hmm.
0: That same cry that make much of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think for me, when I thought through this question, like kind of going with uh, what you said, just like the social media. um, You know, I like to post things and like see how many people like (laughs) my posts. And then if like I don't get that many likes, I'm like, oh, I must not be posting like this perfect whatever image that I want people to. Uh, to know about me and I mean I can think about that through like other avenues like academically even though I'm a teacher I really do strive to like I mean it could be probably because I'm a teacher I really strive to like do well academically so I'll try to do like the be the best of the best um for example I was on a conference call today and I was like I have to do like be the best speaker on this or like Mm -hmm. put my two cents in and like be eloquent about the way I talk uh, and put myself on display for others. So like they don't see all the other stuff, like, you know, in social media you see all the good things. Usually you don't see all the, you know, the hard things. So really like having, I feel like culture makes it where uh, people accept you as like almost like a fake it to make it thing, like a lack of transparency. Uh, And they glorify like, Make sure you, like, are the best of the best at whatever you do.
0: Yeah. And so, and Debbie, when you're saying that, uh, even just listening to you, I'm thinking, yeah, I know that feeling of I've got to be whatever in this moment or portraying myself a certain way. Do you find that it's worth it for a short period of time, that it's um, energizing or that it's draining?
2: Um, for a short period of time, like, I feel like it gives you, like, A little bit of like almost like a high like a I was thinking about it like kind of like when someone's like addicted to drugs like the first time I only need a little bit of likes this the more you do it you need more likes or like more like you have to increase your level of like whatever self-worship that you decide to do and ultimately it's draining because then like you can never get enough
1: Mm. Yeah, I thought about uh, just some of the phrases that we use as a culture. It's very interesting. Um, YOLO, Uh, (laughs) you only live once. And I think about that and it's like, actually, that's so not true. You in Christ, well, and even just in general, we have eternal life. So it's more like you only die once actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I thought about just this concept of like, treat yourself. I mean, I feel like that is what everybody pushes now. Um, and it it just feels so, ev- everything is so self-focused. I also thought about just the concept of pursue what your truth and happiness is. And I think it, it doesn't matter uh, as long as you're pursuing and displaying to everyone else your truth true self, your identity, however you define that to be, um, then that's what makes you happy. And that's what gives you, um, a reason for life, you know? Um, and so I just think our culture can be so self-focused and, and just thinking about that is so exhausting. Um, I thought about the fact that, you know, we're willing to do things like go into debt to have the nicest things and the biggest houses, and just display ourselves this way. Um, you know, we're we're willing to um, harm our own bodies and just what how how self focused that is because of what what we think is best for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that misconception being that. I mean, you worship something that you hope will give you something in return, right? I mean, you give it your loyalty, your time, your resources, et cetera. You elevate it because you want something from it. And so we elevate ourselves and we think that we want something from ourselves. And it seems like freedom to elevate yourself. You know, like if I can elevate myself and if I can serve myself, then I'm really free and you don't recognize I'm not. I'm, I'm in bondage to, to things that I will demand from myself that are actually very harmful to myself, but I don't see that. And you do, like you said, Debbie, get that little euphoric sense of, yeah. oh, I am somebody, people love me, I can hold my head up high, but we, we can't stand underneath that burden of misplaced worship, either from ourselves or from other people. And um, she makes the point, Lindsay makes the point in this chapter that even though our worship is misplaced, um, the need to worship is central to who we are. Like mm-hmm. we are created beings. We were created to worship. So what matters most is who we worship. And first Chronicles um, sixteen twenty nine through 30 says, ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name, bring an offering and come before him, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. And Lindsay says, you know, God's not only worthy of our worship, he commands it. The Mm -hmm. first two commandments offer guardrails that guide the object of our affections. So worship God alone and do not worship idols. So he is by self-admission a jealous God. He's not satisfied to sit in the backseat of our lives. Worship isn't something we occasionally do. It's a posture of a life, an overflow of a heart filled with gratitude and praise for a king who sits on the throne the only one worthy of all the praise we can bring you just think there is joy in that Mm -hmm. like bringing praise to one who is worthy that it's not going to let you down that's not going to show to be with some that some type of defect or inability to provide or to come through that you can take all of you that's created to worship and take it to him and not be disappointed so you know we're, we are made to worship, and in that worship, we do it in all sorts of ways. In all the ways that we live our lives, in the jobs that we do, in the hobbies that we have, and the mm-hmm. friends that we love, we showcase forth who the Lord is. And what is it about Jesus in particular um, that prompts you to worship? That was part of this chapter, too, just the glory that rests in Jesus. And what did you learn from this chapter that's expanded your view or practice of worship?
2: I think for me, the part where she talks about we get afforded the front seat to behold him and know him and that jesus uh you know afforded me a front seat is enough in itself um like i think why me like why did he choose me like out of all like the people i'm like why did he choose me like uh it's just like crazy because like i can think about like my own stuff and be like i i'm still like why did he choose me like and so To know like he did all that and he continues to pursue me despite all the things that I do wrong every day um, makes me want to
0: worship him. Mm -hmm. That faithfulness, that Mm -hmm. steady faithfulness that's not dependent on you, but is dependent on him.
1: Yeah. um, So I think about it as uh, Jesus is fully God and that he's fully man. And the fact that he would come and, uh, and, and take on human life. Um, that is what makes me worship. Um, that he would be the perfect, um, son of God that would take my place. You know, that, that is what causes my heart to worship. And, um, and so that, that is, I think, just my focus when I think about worship is who is God, you know, and God is creator um, and the fact that he is fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really challenged by uh, just the concept of, that she talked about with identity transformation, like a, um, of that self-worship to worshiping Jesus, because really that self-worship, is what put Jesus on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he had to live the perfect life and and die as a sacrifice because we are so, our nature is broken. We, we worship ourselves. And so just thinking about, you know, it, it says in page 120, um, word of mouth witnesses with transformed hearts. And like, that is how I want to live. I want to live in such a way that my focus is, um, not directed at myself. And I think that's the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, let me, um, pull away from my self-focus and focus on God and be this word of mouth witness. And in order for me to be like that, I have to, um, have a transformed heart. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Just uh, the idea that God is as spectacularly holy as he is and yet condescended to take on human flesh and dwell with us in order to take up our sins for us. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
3: I like how Lindsay was talking about that Jesus' work in our lives becomes a living, breathing testament to the Spirit's work. And so when I think about the work of the Lord in my life and I Think about his kindness and his mercy, and his forgiveness and his faithfulness. My heart is drawn to gratitude. My heart is drawn to worship, and I think that that is exactly how he intends it. That we are, like you said, like we're laying aside our own glory, which he has said, like he's given us gifts, and he, his Mm -hmm. image bearers are glorious, but his glory is infinitely greater, and he wants us to give everything we have. All of our good works and our good deeds, everything laid aside for and get, pour that into um, building up His kingdom, building up His people, and just He's inviting us into our true self. Mm. That what uh, Lindsay was saying, how self worship is not our true self. That He's mm-hmm. inviting us into the rest of worshiping Him, the One who is faithful,
1: and He's the one that defines that true self. You know, I love that because it's so countercultural. Like we don't have to define we don't
0: have to define ourselves because he already has done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when he talks about the fact that he's created us and defined us as worshipers or when we talk about that and that's what his word says. And she made reference to the point that he's a jealous God, that the commandment Mm. is, um, you know, to have no other gods beside me to not make idols. It's not because he's somehow insecure like we are like (laughs) nobody else. Look at any other Instagram post or whatever, but mine only like mine because I need that from you. He doesn't (laughs) need our worship in that sense to give him any sense of who he is but he knows that in worshiping him that we are fulfilled because there's nothing in him again that disappoints there's only things that gratify so to worship him is completely completely safe completely fruitful completely gratifying in every single in every single way and he wants that for us You know, when you think um, we're moving to chapter 10, it's that we're worshipers, we're created to be worshipers, and we're also created to be citizens of a heavenly home, that we're longing for home, that place where that worship will extend itself in ways that we can't even comprehend here and infiltrate every part of our being, and we will be home. Uh, This chapter is written by Jen Pollock Michael, and the verse attached to it says, But as it is, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Hebrews 11, verse 16. And this verse, it makes it clear that it's right to long for home. It's right to long for a place to be eternally settled. But that home, however, is not here on earth. So, Jen says, We feel the longing for home. But rather than understanding God as its true source, we translate home exclusively as a narrative of marriage or motherhood, and the title of that could be Rest in the Arms of a Husband. Or we feel the longing for home and try to make good on its promises with roaring fires, rustic paneled bedrooms, and elegant tables adorned with a single orchid. And the title of that could be Rest in a Glossy Picture on Pinterest. (laughs) Or maybe we... Us ladies sitting around this table today could say, hey, we want a city where we feel like we belong with friends who open their homes to us and we get to open our homes to them. And it could be a titled rest in a sense of belonging. Um, But Jen says these are gifts, but they have expiration dates and they will inevitably leave us restless for a home that will not suffer loss. So, y'all, how would you describe your own desires that you feel for a sense of home And how would you describe the home that you find yourself trying to create?
3: I love how she pulls out in her text several times, like how C.S. Lewis alluded to, like we're yearning for Mm -hmm. home and that yearning is because this is not our home. And also just reminding us to hold all these good gifts loosely. That home is a gift. It is good. Like praise the Lord that he's given us homes to keep shelter from rain and Hot sun and all of the things that are, you know, happening around, like the elements. That's those are good gifts from the Lord, and we should say thank you, and invite others in to enjoy that blessing. But yes, hold it loosely, knowing that this is not our home; that we do await something bigger and greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and that those good things point to something mm-hmm. good. That mm-hmm. they're they're not it yet, but they have elements of it that mm-hmm. can increase our anticipation right. for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is something I've thought a
1: lot about. I think, um, so I am a 2020 cancer survivor and I had leukemia Mm -hmm. and, um, just going through that, Mm -hmm. I thought a lot about what is heaven going to be like? Mm. (laughs) And I think, um, just personality wise, one thing that I love is kind of more Order versus chaos. (laughs) So when I think about a home, I think, you know, the pictures that I like to save on Pinterest of just clean and, um, you know, but still that welcoming, like they're they're big and they've got the rocking chairs, but everything is clean and ordered. Like, I love that idea, <laughs> even though my yeah. home oh, never yeah. looks like that. Um, as much as I try it, I feel like there's always some sort of chaos going on. Um, my home is almost 100 years old, so I've had to do a lot of renovations. I'm actually going through one right now that's kind of drug on. Mm. Um, as
0: renovations do,
1: <laughs> Yes, as they do, so, um, but just, The idea that I love, you know, having people over um, and I try to always have, you know, snacks or something like that. Or I love when my parents or friends come to visit and I can, you know, set out things like a soft robe with like some uh, lotion and, you know, stuff like that. Just hosting. I love doing stuff like that. So, um, but I think that that really just is such a, a small thing when you think in terms of eternity in that home that God is is making for us and calling us to.
0: So yeah. Well I love how that points to that in that sense of you would like to create serenity, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, peace, order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. And you want to welcome people into that and make the and allow them to enjoy it with you to express love through giving that gift of those things. And of course we want that now. And we know that we can't bring complete chaos creeps in around all the edges. And as much as we would want to give someone a lasting feeling of love, we can't, um, bypass a lot of the pain that's in people's lives. We can give touches of that, but we can't give it completely. And so to think that heaven has that serenity, that peace that doesn't isn't taken away. And the fact that the Lord delights to welcome us into home, like someone who lays out a soft robe and slippers and <laughs> <laughs> says, welcome, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just that he's put that in you.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, there are definitely have been challenges like what you said with the loss and, you know, mm-hmm. even just what she said of, um, you know, trying to find comfort in a husband's arm. Like I don't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just working through, what does it look like to be single and a Christian woman in the church? Um, and, and that is something that I try very hard to process. How do I want my home to be? How to welcome other people? How to have your home be something that is a representation of that lasting home that we will have eventually? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just I'm challenged by that and by what she said of finding comfort in the Lord and not, you know, what you have. Or you don't have, yeah. Using it
0: but not counting on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to come to your house. (laughs)
1: You're you're more than welcome to. I'll dim dim the lights. We can have a movie night. I love that kind of stuff. (laughs) Debbie comes over a lot, so she knows. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I want
2: to go. When I thought through this question, I kind of thought the way y'all two thought, but I was creating my like idealistic Mm -hmm. home in my mind, so I was trying to imagine what i would really enjoy when i would come to a place of like after work or whatever mm-hmm. and like a place where i can just i don't know be free to like enjoy so my for my home and i think this all points to have been just like both of you uh both you aaron and asher have said uh just that i would like something that's like snug comfy tranquil safe And I've even thought through like the location and design, like location, like somewhere like Vancouver, where there's like a backdrop of like, you know, these mountains that are cascaded in the background and a, you know, a tranquil river flowing. Um, And even like entering my home, just having like a huge porch where I could just sit and relax and enjoy God's creation uh, that's just something I've really go to, especially when I want to uh, enjoy just God's presence and be among nature. And even like my design, just having, you know, comfy chairs, a huge house, uh, all the way to like the smell of coffee and fresh baked <laughs> cookies. <laughs> um, having a cozy den that We're I can, also coming over. to yes, you know? yes. <laughs> having having a cozy den that I could just like view nature and. Be able to, you know, sit still in the presence of the Lord and have have just that background and even like to think about who's there. Like I would like lots of family and friends just mm-hmm. laughing and enjoying um, each other's company and a place that is a safe spot for people to just, you know, hang out and enjoy.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, and when we do think of homes, a lot of times we think of all those sweet details that you're you're talking about. But I would love all of those too, and they're they're concrete details. They're a place, they're a location, they're mm-hmm. a setting, they're pe- certain people, and all those things are good. But I, I love that in the Bible, rest because I feel like we're all we're we're talking about. I want that sense of rest. It's calm. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful. Yeah. It's safe. It's it really is biblical shorthand for home. And so when God rested in His creation. Uh, Jen says this too, that he he came to dwell with those he had created. Mm -hmm. So he rested in creation and he came to dwell with us. And when humanity left home, when it chose to sin against God, uh, we've been looking for home Mm -hmm. ever since. But through Christ, we have unobstructed access to the Father. In other words, now we rest in the Lord and in his spirit indwelling us. And so that sense that we have of wanting to be at peace and wanting to be safe and wanting to be at home, we experience in part now, no matter our location, because of the fact that we dwell with the father completely unobstructed. We are not kept away in any in any sense, but eternally that will be made absolutely complete that every promise of home finds its yes in Christ. Mm. So we got this little quote, just think about how do you live this out. And you consider this quote from Marshall Siegel It says, God not only knit you together in your mother's womb, he also sovereignly orchestrated all the places you would call home here on earth, the periods and boundaries of your dwelling place. You do not have a home by accident. Your home is an invitation from God to seek God and a commission from God to help others seek God, which is kind of what we've been saying. Mm -hmm. Our home is a tool that the Lord uses to show us himself. And it's also something that he gives us in order for us to draw others to him as well how does that quote encourage y'all to use your home even when home may not be exactly the you're not Mm -hmm. living in the mountains or in your perfect city or in your perfect house (laughs) how do you still use it um in some of those ways so this quote
2: um i really enjoyed like this chapter but this quote really some of the things that stuck out to me was um that he sovereignly orchestrated all places be called home um the periods and boundaries of your dwelling place and that he commissioned us to seek god and to help others see god so whether i'm in a place of like a temporary home so like right now i'm like renting in a a town home I know that God has orchestrated me to be there in this time period um, and is going to use that for me to seek Him and to help others seek God. So it kind of just encourages me to really take care of my home hmm. and to create spaces and nooks where I can um, be prompted to seek out God throughout the day. There was a book I read um, during a Sunday school class, this is like probably three years ago, uh, called Liturgy of the Ordinary mm-hmm. where uh, by Tish Warren, uh, where she talks about kind of doing like the menial task. And just one example that stuck, stuck out to me the most was when you get up in the morning making your bed and how because God, and I think Asher kind of hit on this, the last question, how God like wants order. Uh, And so for me, I'm usually one that doesn't make my bed in the morning. (laughs) I like rush. I'm like one, a morning person that I rush out of bed, run to Starbucks, get my coffee and like, I'm at work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my like hair is a mess and it is what it is. (laughs) Um, But she like, goes through just, like, little things to, like, reorient your day to set it up so that you can worship God. Hmm. And so she said, like, making your bed, usually, like, when you wake up in the morning, you get on your phone. But then if you create, like, a habit of, like, making your bed in the morning, creating just a little order in the chaos, it can cause you to, like, think more about God and worship Him, and the you know, straight as you get up. And so I think like just a takeaway from the quote is like creating some sort of things like that, like rituals and routines throughout the day that I can kind of set up worship time or spaces to worship God and, and even like inviting more people into my home. Like I have seasons. So like a year ago, I had like so many people in and out of my home, like people, neighbors and Bible studies. And now like I feel like I've been in a season where I've had less people, but I'm thinking like God's created that space for me to invite people in, whether that be
0: having a meal or a Bible study. I like that. Just thinking about how can I use this space in a way that prompts me to worship? And then how can I draw people in, in a way that allows them to worship? And it'll be different for all of us. We do all Mm -hmm. do different things, different ways, but certain ways that we're wired, um, certain things that the Lord impresses on us that we can utilize that space for both for ourselves and for other people. Appreciate
1: that. Um, So I love that he talks about the dwelling place. Um, And that is the way that, you know, I think about a home and, and, you know, you think about the story of the Bible and it is there, God is at the center, right? I mean, like when you look in Genesis, God is at the center. And I think that is what I want is you kind of mentioned it earlier, but just God is our dwelling place. And I think sometimes just, um, there can be a restlessness that I experience and that I've talked with other women about. And, you know, kind of what Debbie was saying of just sometimes you're renting and so that kind of feels a little bit restless. Sometimes you're hoping for a different kind of job or a different season of life or, you know, being single, hoping for marriage. There's just kind of this restlessness. And sometimes that can be, um, it can cause difficulties, uh, but then I've been trying to think of it in sen- because of these chapters in the sense of God has called us to this restlessness because we are looking for that ultimate home of him dwelling mm-hmm. in and with us. Mm-hmm. And so I that's kind of the way that I've thought about this um, in a future home is just God dwelling and using that restlessness when I have seasons of you know, not wanting to be single anymore, or with my job change, you know, there is a restlessness in that. Um, just unsure about owning a business, operating a business. It's, you know, the first time I've done this, but I'm just thrilled about that um, concept of making the restlessness something where I focus on worshiping the Lord, and that he's giving us
0: a greater home in heaven coming to earth. So... Well, I hadn't thought about this till you said that, but just the connection between worship and home and how David talks about in the Psalms that he would live forever. However, he puts that Mm -hmm. in the temple of the Lord, like to be with the Lord and in that place of worship is to be at home
3: Mm -hmm. like that. I've loved hearing from all of y'all about our identity and how it connects to our true identity in Christ when we consider that we are made to be worshipers. We are made to be citizens of, of heaven and that I love how you brought up about the garden, how that was our paradise that has been broken. But even now his kingdom is coming and that we do get to experience in worship. We get to experience God's presence with us and get a taste of that home, get a taste of that rest that he's promised to us. And I think when we trust his faithfulness and his goodness to us and he invites us to be our true selves and. And we per- pursue that path, then we can rest in his love. And that is where we see the goodness of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well said. Well, Asher and Debbie, thank y'all for joining Aaron and I today. It is fun to sit around this table with y'all and have a conversation. Yeah. This was fun. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> Good. Well, we loved having you, and listeners, if you want to see the pretty faces of our guests today, you can check us out on our Women's Bible Study Facebook page at Women's Bible Study FPCA, or find us on Instagram at First Pres Augusta Women. We're excited to be kicking off another season of Something to Talk About Later This Month. Uh, for 10 weeks, we will have the privilege of talking with different women about several of the Psalms in the Bible. We'll talk about worship, sorrow, doubt, joy, hope, pain, and more. Hope you'll listen in. Sometimes a light surprises
3: The Christian while she sings It is the Lord who rises With healing in His wings When comforts are declining He grants the soul again A season of pure shining To cheer it after the rain